Welcome to Grace-Filled Grit. I'm your host, Lana Sinner, and we are chatting all about growing your faith, family, and the backyard farm. Here at the Grace-Filled Homestead, we are having honest and authentic conversations with some amazing guests about getting back to the basics and what's important in life. Each episode, you can expect practical life tips and encouragement. We are recording live on Instagram, where you'll get the raw, unedited chat. And if you missed that, we're uploading here onto the podcast. I am so honored to have you join us today. So grab a cup of coffee and let's do this thing. This podcast is brought to you by the Backyard Farm Academy. Have you dreamed of fresh eggs every morning and adding chickens to your yard? Do you want a flourishing garden and fruit trees to be more self-sufficient? or even honey from your own beehives, join the Backyard Farm Academy where we will simplify all the steps in our training sessions that you can complete at your own pace. The Academy opens soon and the founding members helping us build it can join for only $14 a month, a rate that is locked in for life even when the price goes up. Go to lannastinner.com backslash academy for more information and to grab your spot. Let's get busy building your backyard farm. Thank you for coming, Mindy. Hi, how are you doing this morning? Really good. It's a good Wednesday. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, and we um, obviously didn't scare you away last time with our technology issues. Oh, I'm so (laughs) thankful to have you back. So, hey, friends, we have the amazing Mindy Shriver with us here today. Mindy is, um, as you know, if you watched our last episode, she is a family counselor, mother of five, from a military family, adoptive mom, founder of Gospel-Centered Health. I mean, I could go on for 18 hours here, um, but we are very blessed to have her here. Our last episode was on Um, just bringing some stability to children. So if you missed that, you definitely want to go check that out if you have some littles at home that are school-aged. And then today we're going to be talking about strengthening our marriages during tough times or things that hit us. Um, But Mindy, first, before we jump in, I just want to tell you congrats on an amazing weekend and the good race that we had. Oh, that was just the most beautiful night ever. Seriously, the best race I think that we've had. So I agree. And last time we talked about this, we were promoting this on the previous podcast, trying to get people to maybe come to it if they live locally. And then since then, we've now executed, had the race. And Lana has been a long time part of planning that race. We actually, I think, had more children than we've ever had. We did. Uh, we did. Okay. Yes. Uh, Lana, Lana, you always do the kids fun run portion of our event this year. We, um, we've been building up to a parking lot party and wanted to just bust out and call it a festival, but we needed to move to a larger parking lot for that. And the church that we park partner with allowed us to move across the street and use their church. It was what we've been wanting it was. for seven years, you know, a COVID kind of threw us off last year. Um, but we stayed the course and um, literally stayed the course, no pun intended, because it's a 5K course. But um, and then came back so beautifully strong. We actually had a festival. I could go on and on because it was such a beautiful day and I'm smiling big. It was a lot of work, but we did it. It was a lot of work. But and I have to show you my little mug from the fabulous gals at Edge. Edge uh huh. Oh, they are just, I don't even know them, but they're off the square in Liberty and their store, their products are amazing. Just 
Yeah. Every, every booth that was there, all, you know, the fire trucks, the police cars, the ax throwing the dunk tank, the food, food trucks. It was just a beautiful, beautiful night. The music, it was great. So congrats to you. That was beautiful. And we raised a heck of a lot of money for the Liberty Women's Clinic um, to save those babies. So it was light the night for life was a wonderful evening. So congrats. Thank you. Start working on the next one. That's right. (laughs) Right, right. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump in. I know I want to honor your time. I know you have, um, as a family counselor, I know you have back-to-back sessions and meetings today. So we'll get jump right into that. Um, I asked Mindy to come on today because um, Mindy has had a situation in her family where her husband um, had a stroke. I, as some of you may remember, had the brain tumor about nine months ago um, and had that removed. And so I just asked Mindy, I just feel this, uh, of course, we focused on kiddos last week, but marriages are so important. And really, maybe we had it backwards from the biblical standpoint. We probably should have done marriages before before the kids. <laughs> I know it doesn't ever feel like the, you know, the marriage is first, but it should be biblically. Um, and so I know Mindy has some great tips to share, practical things that we can do to strengthen our marriage. So I'm going to just, you know, let you roll with it and um, give us your wisdom. Awesome. Thank you. I know I hear you because the marriage is the foundation. If we're building a family, we're building a house here, which is a a metaphor we use a lot in counseling, actually, then the foundation of that family is first and foremost, the marriage relationship. And when that relationship has cracks in the foundation, it can get really, really messy. So again, this week, I am approaching all the tips and thoughts um, from a place of attachment theory, Mm -hmm. which we talked about last week. Um, and so I'm going to just going to identify some, some different attachment styles for you and give you some more tips on, and, and, and we'll share uh, some stories, some pretty raw stories from my experience with my husband having a brain injury. And honestly, I'm hoping that Lana will share <laughs> on the spot um, <laughs> about her own brain injury, because it was that and working through those difficult times together in your marriage. Um, So I think the number one thing, first and foremost, um, I can give you all the churchy answers, but I want to give you just really raw um, advice. The number one thing to a healthy marriage and a strong foundation is to have an attitude of growth for yourself. Okay. And when I talked a minute ago about that foundation having cracks in it, Truthfully, pretty much every foundation, even in a physical home, is going to have imperfections. Mm -hmm. You're going to build this house with a lot of imperfections. Some of us just come to the marriage with more big cracks than others. It's a fact. Mm -hmm. You have junk. Even if you think you don't have junk, you have junk. We all have baggage. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And so coming to the marriage with an attitude of getting to know yourself. One of my favorite quotes of all time is um, by John Maxwell. He's a leadership coach and business coach, former pastor. Now he's a famous author and leader. Um, He says, in order to know yourself, I'm sorry, in order to grow yourself, you must know yourself. Mm, That's good. 
So in order to grow individually, in order to grow your marriage, in order to help things move forward and past all the hurt and pain, you have to know yourself. You actually have to be willing to know yourself first. There's Mm -hmm. all kinds of ways to get to know yourself. We have personality tests out there. Uh, You can, I think a great way to do it is finding your love language and expressing Mm -hmm. that with your spouse. This is my love language. Number one, um, we tend to love others in a way that we receive love, Mm -hmm. right? So I am a touchy feely, huggy kind of person. And so I'm going to show my husband love with all kinds of hugs and kisses. And he's actually quite an introvert. So Mm -hmm. getting hugs and kisses in public actually makes him kind of clam up and stiffen up a little bit. He didn't mind it at home, right? (laughs) Every man loves intimacy (laughs) in home, but for him, that makes him clam up. So that would make me feel a little bit like what's wrong with you? He is, uh, he shows love through acts of service. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I need your affection. Right. Right. So we would get our communication lines crossed all the time when he's showing love. So you have to practice as a spouse. Now I'm more intentional about acts of service for him because that helps him feel loved. He's way more intentional now about coming home, giving me a hug, giving me a kiss, um, holding my hand in public and things like that. So that's one way. There's all kinds of personality tests for you to be able to do that. But on a counseling level, what I want to talk about is attachment theory. So I want you to, number one, be able to identify your attachment style. So as babies, we um, we experience attachment style. Sometimes it's a secure attachment. We can also have an anxious attachment. We can also have an avoidant attachment and a very disorganized attachment. And those attachment styles are created in, in like our infancy and in the early years of our life, how are parents attuned to our needs? Okay. Interesting. So this, this foundation, this, this, this house that we're building, it is in, in God's design is so important because it actually goes back to how the parents are raising their children. So if you're self-aware of your imperfections, your crap, your baggage, your cracks in the foundation and, and, and able to work on that, go to a counselor, get some help, read some help, um, self-help books, go to church, talk to your pastor, talk to some girlfriends, figure your stuff out yeah, so that you can better attune to your children so that they grow up with secure attachment. The goal is secure attachment between a husband and a wife. Right. The goal is secure attachment between a uh, a mother and a child or a father and a child. When we come into a relationship with an anxious attachment, a lot of times we came from parents who were also anxious themselves. My father's an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. So he didn't attune to me very well at all to this day. My mother went through a lot of trauma in her early years when she was bringing us up because of my father being an alcoholic. So Mm -hmm. we weren't, we weren't attuned to. So I came to the marriage and I'm, I can admit it with an anxious attachment style, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, my husband, although his children, his parents were stayed married for years, they're just typical, good, hardworking farmers. They didn't communicate. Mm-hmm. They didn't yeah. say, I love you. They didn't hold each other's hands. They weren't, they're not huggers to this day. Mm-hmm. And so while it might appear that he came from a wonderfully healthy family, and I'll say, I'll give him credit. They're definitely were healthier than my dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. He came to the marriage with an avoidant attachment style. Okay. Interesting. Right. And so does that is. all impact in 
to how you both are raising. I mean, and maybe we have a whole nother episode on you adopting the girls at an older age and how that, so we'll just, I, I won't even ask questions about that. We'll, we'll <laughs> we stay on the here. marriage topic, but I mean, there's, there's a lot there that I would love to unpack. So yeah, so it creates, yeah. it just creates a snowball effect. It does. Your attachment style does affect how you're parenting your children. Generally mm-hmm. it's passed down. Right. Right. Oftentimes, if we come from an alcoholic father, we accidentally, it's not our fault. We just repeat those same patterns. And then we, we don't attune to our own children because we're also addicted to a substance. And then the cycle continues. So if you want a healthy marriage, if you came out of anxiousness, if you came out of attachment styles that weren't healthy, or I should say that we're non-secure because the goal is secure attachment and -hmm. secure attachment happens when our needs are met in -hmm. a gentle, kind, loving way. And we know we have a safe, secure place to go basically no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, And that when we, when we call out for help, those needs are going to be there for you, right? Right. They're going to be met. Um, So yeah, it's good stuff. And so we have secure, anxious, avoidant and disorganized. And so those four attachment styles really will play a part in how you and your spouse, your husband, um, your partner live life together and how you attune or don't attune to each other's needs Mm -hmm. in the moment. So that's my number. My first tip, discover more about attachment styles and which attachment style you are. Because for instance, if I were to tell a story um, about my husband, since he's more of an introvert and let's even, let's take the love language, for instance, if I am in, am showing love or needing love in a way that is um, affectionate, touch, hugs, kisses, hand-holding, but he's an avoidant, right? He, he's right. An, he avoids intimate connection. He avoids attuning with his emotions. He stuffs, he's a stuffer. He stuffs it all down, right? he would rather go do some work than have to deal with anything affectionate or emotional. So if I'm reaching out to him um, specifically in public, because he's very introverted um, and trying to hug and kiss him in public and he clams up, my anxious style meets his avoidance style with, he doesn't love me. I'm I'm not good enough. You know? And then his avoidance style is like, what's her problem. Right. And before you know it, it's like, and then you add the kids into the mix (laughs) and and you're lost. It's it's difficult. So that's my number one thing. Do you have any thoughts on um, on some of the stuff I said there? It's just fascinating. Actually, I was just wondering, like for me, I mean, and I mean, we have, we came from different family styles, obviously. I think most marriages could say that Uh, if anyone that is listening is interested in digging deeper into that to find out which they're coming from just so they can move forward easier. Do you have any resources for them or a place for them to go to look to that? And I can put it in the show notes or the description. Oh gosh. I have so many. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I'm okay. telling That's you on the spot. I can send you some resources and we can uh, put it. Yeah. Just when we, when we do the description, we'll, we'll add a link in there for maybe a, a place for them to go to, but that is I think it's so important because to move forward, you need to know where you're coming from. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Good stuff. More beyond just your personality style or Enneagram number yeah. or something. Well, like and that. I was, I was, as you were talking, I was wondering uh, because some in the cr- Christian community get a little preachy pants about Enneagram. Are you for Enneagrams? Are you mm-hmm. against that? Tell me, tell me really quickly. Cause I know we're, we're on a time constraint. How do you feel about Enneagram? Honestly, I know my Enneagram. My husband and I did the Enneagram years ago. Um, we, it helped us know our personality styles and how we deal with one another. But also I am a huge um, fan of strength finders. So uh-huh. it strength finders did the yeah. same thing or the disc, did right. the same thing. Um, here's my beef with the Enneagram. I um, had a son who was exploring hallucinogens, marijuana, and drugs. And so in my quest to understand the new resurgence of mushrooms and hallucinogens in our current culture, I came across research that indicated um, that the Enneagram has roots. And I don't want to offend anyone because I know lots of people like the Enneagram. Uh, I came across some research and facts about the Enneagram that disturbed me. Mm-hmm. So I am not an advocate for the Enneagram anymore. Okay. Once I gained that knowledge. And I think one, if, if many Christians would take time to, to, to research that they might be like, Oh, Oh, let me step away from this. This is not the end. all be all. Let me go back to my Bible. Uh, yeah. What a concept, right? Okay. Yeah. So now I'm curious and I'm going to ask you for the link. So <laughs> give me some links to your research. Cause I am, I'm very interested and I've done the Enneagram, both CJ and I have done it. Yeah. Um, and we are woo, opposite polar opposites um, on there, which sometimes can be good, but yeah, I'm interested because I know, and I haven't dug into it. So I would love to grab some of your research. I did not well. mean to stumble on that at all, yeah. uh, but we no, don't know. And sorry, don't I know. asked, I put it's you okay. on the spot, but I was just curious because I, I do see a lot of people like live their life by it. Which Absolutely. Is very disturbing. But then there's also the other side where, you know, you're um, demon possessed. If you even do the Enneagram, you know, I'm like, oh, come on, really? <laughs> so I was just curious. So, okay. So sorry, I, I took you down that rabbit hole. <laughs> it's okay. I just want to end with, we don't know what we don't know. Right. And the Enneagram is popular and there's been many Christian books written about it. And, and I also got on that bandwagon with everyone else for a while. And, um, until we have the knowledge, we aren't able to make decisions. So keep researching any, any resource that you want to help for your lifestyle research it first off. So, um, so yeah, so the second thing I really wanted you to take away with, which is kind of controversial, contradictory to what you may have always been told. I actually don't love the phrase, don't let the sun go down. Don't let the sun go down in an argument. Don't, whatever that verse is in the Bible. And I didn't look it up. I should have prior to this, so I could have referenced it. But I do find a lot of um, Christian couples sort of living rigidly within that. I disagree. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so share, do tell. Yeah. I actually think it's quite healthy to let the sun go down. And I can mean that quite literally, but also uh, I think it's very important to calm down first. Mm-hmm. Reactivity breeds more reactivity, mm-hmm. right? So if you're feeling, let's go back to my example with my husband and I, I have an anxious, I have an anxious attachment style. He has avoidant attachment attachment style. If we're both really living in those attachment styles in the moment and not self-aware, not calm, not breathing, we're going to react out of those previous mm-hmm. childhood parent wounds, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if we take a nap, 
walk <laughs> away and sometimes go to bed overnight. Yeah. We have a more clear mind. We can speak to each other um, in a more rational way, but also an emotionally affectionate and tender way to mm-hmm. understand each other's perspectives. And I'm not always good at that, um, but I actually have seen such a difference for when my husband and I take a break. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's 15 minutes, sometimes it's three hours. And sometimes, honestly, I'm going to be honest, sometimes it's two days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, the more I talk to women about that dynamic, you're shaking your head, Lena. I'm assuming that you can relate. Well, yes. I mean, as in anything that you're frustrated um, and ready to go to battle with anyone, even, you know, the person at Target checking you out, that's being rude or whatever, not, and that's never happened at Target, but <laughs> um, those types of things, it's always good to take a breath, step back, give a little bit of time. And just like they say, when you're getting ready to text something back, that's a little snarky, put your phone down, walk away and come back an hour later. And would you really do it? Chances are no. So I, uh, you know, I, I agree space, you know, and who knows what the time frame is and every situation is going to be different, but yeah, right. a breath and a little space is a good thing always. And I'm specific about preaching um, that we have good sleep. So I think when we're well-rested and our brains are able to be online versus offline, meaning that when we're in a fight or flight, when we're in our anxious style or avoidance or our disorganized style of attachment, our brains are often online because we're or offline because we're being reminded of what trauma that we had as a child or the needs that weren't met as a child. And we're living in that space for a second, which may or may not could be reality with your spouse. It could be your reality mm-hmm. with, or may not be reality with your spouse. So you're sort of living that out in that mm-hmm. present day, but when you've slept well, when you can breathe, when you've maybe gone for a walk and gotten some fresh air, your brain is back online and you can be more empathetic towards one another. Yeah. So, good. Yeah. That is, that's, very good wisdom. <laughs> now, Number if we three. could just do it. <laughs> I know it's so hard. It's so hard. The little kid in me is strong. <laughs> yep. I agree. I agree. Sometimes little Mindy reigns. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, Number three, this is something that my husband and I have implemented and I have to give props to my husband. Um, I experienced him having a stroke a few years ago. It was quite traumatic for me on the receiving end of that, that brain injury caused him to, uh, I'll be frank. And he's given me permission to say this out loud. Um, but it caused him to be verbally uh, abusive in his anger in his frustration, um, emotionally manipulative in his own anger and his own frustration and where he was living in his life, right. Mm-hmm. Recovering from the stroke, frustrated that he couldn't get words out, sentences out or have the energy or he could get sentences out, but they would be discombobulated or he might have like an S on the end of a word where it didn't need to be. People were looking at him funny. He's um, a high level businessman. He was struggling to keep up with all the demands in his life. Plus we have five teenagers. So the stress of his um, stroke and the inability to function after the stroke led to him being quite angry with me for simple things. And that, that unfortunately created a cycle of trauma for me that we're still healing from because this stroke was only four years ago. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But one thing that he chose to do about a year and a half ago in his own healing process, in his own journey to get to know himself better, because these things draw these, these tragedies, like we've adopted that just draws out the cracks in your foundation, right? Mm-hmm. The stroke, it drew out the cracks in our foundation of our marriage. Um, he actually implemented and has been consistent every morning. I can't remember a morning that he's not asked me to pray with him. Um, on the weekends, we don't do it, but every Monday through Friday, he will say, it's time to pray. Let's pray. I want to pray. And he will help holds my hand. And for me being, um, uh, my, my love language being so like uh, touch, I got to touch, you know, I got to hold, he'll mm-hmm. grab my hand and I will just naturally like take my head. I've just noticed how I do it. And I just crash into his shoulder. It's mm-hmm. like the top of my head just fits right into his little shoulder neck space. And I let him pray. And it's a very healing experience for us to be intimate in prayer with God together, holding one another. So that's mm-hmm. my first tip. And that's a hard one for me to give because not all spouses are going to be receptive to that, right? right? Not right. all spouses are going to initiate that. And you, the listener today might be the one who has to initiate that, but you might also be longing for your spouse to initiate that. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and if you came to your spouse and said, can we pray together? They might reject you and mm-hmm. that's hard. But I will say that in our specific marriage, praying together intimately before God, for our family, for our own personal deficits, just mm-hmm. laying it before God has been instrumental in healing and change for our marriage. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. So how would you, and we, we do pray together, not every day. Um, and it's more like if we're leaving on a trip with the kids and we all pray together, if someone's going out and has a big day, um, but not daily. So if you have someone that's listening and they're interested in starting that conversation, I mean, because it is, it can be kind of awkward. Like, Hey, can we pray? Like, you know, you feel like a little dork. Um, How do you suggest they go about that? Just, Mm. just do it, just say it and, and see how they respond. I would say the first step for doing that with your spouse is you pray alone to God first, Mm -hmm. because we know that God is a God that changes people's hearts and softens mm-hmm. people's hearts. He also hardens people's hearts. It's in the old Testament. We know that he has, you know, he's sovereign over those things. So I would say for at least a couple of weeks at first you, and, and I'm assuming your audience is mainly women, mm-hmm. so we're speaking. And I would mainly, say mainly Christian women. I would, okay. I would say. So even as a Christian woman, I would say be in deep prayer consistently, um, intimately with God about this specific topic before Mm -hmm. you approach your husband. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very, many, many people say that praying together is as intimate or more intimate than -hmm. sexual intercourse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, It's vulnerable. It feels weird. It's like Mm -hmm. mystical God that you're praying to that you can't actually see. And, 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 and so that is true in our marriage. My husband never prayed out loud um, but prior to this, mm-hmm. he just didn't, he didn't like to do that. So it was a huge step mm-hmm. for him to get brave and, and do this. But, um, I will say that I think that it starts with you as the woman first praying for him. Mm-hmm. 
And then next step would be two, three weeks a month, whenever God leads you to, there's no perfect timing of two weeks of prayer or three weeks of prayer. Whenever God says, okay, it's time. Yeah. Then you go to him as gently as possible. And I mean, gently. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Because Satan is going to be right there next to the conversation, Mm -hmm. ready to dredge up, you know, a kid, a teenager coming in the room and complaining about something (laughs) or a toddler spilling milk or something that's going to just sabotage the conversation. Yeah. Good. That is, that's good. Good insight for sure. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit, Lena, I would love to hear, um, I know that like I shared a little bit about my husband's brain injury and how it affected our family and kind of put us in a, in a cycle of like trauma, fight or flight survival mode, especially for me, um, in a different way, my husband experienced that you were the one who had an actual tumor in your brain. Yes. And can you share with me how you and your family dealt with that and how maybe it affected your marriage because you were the one experiencing it. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing your story because it is interesting how in marriage, we think of ourselves as one and we're dealing with this one situation that impacts our family, but boy, we sure feel it very differently and we approach it very differently. And so with mine, we, when I got the diagnosis, it was literally three weeks until I had the surgery. So it was, it was a short time frame, And I came out of that right away, right at the diagnosis I had, it was the most bizarre thing ever. The presence of God just fell hard. And I almost felt like a load was lifted from me. And I literally was so peaceful and joyful and priorities were straightened out. And I was spending time with my family and in prayer and doing the right things. And, um, I just didn't have a care in the world. I mean, I had to write all the, I wanted to write each of my kids a letter and I had this to-do list, but I felt so peaceful. And interestingly enough, CJ felt the exact opposite. So here I was feeling more joyful and peaceful than I ever had in my life. I don't, it was bizarre. It was weird. That's so strange. And he was in the worst place he's ever been in his life. So every single thing, and here we, we live on this small, tiny farm, but it's a lot of work. I mean, it's a good hour every day of, you know, feeding the animals and all the things that we do and all of it fell on him. And here I'm shedding all the responsibilities and all the things that I had been doing I'm turning over bill pay to him and all my logins and passwords and all the things. And he's just getting a load put on him and the stress in the family. And it was holidays. And um, so we did approach it very differently coming out of it after the surgery. Luckily, I mean, God was there. It was a great story that, you know, I'm going to be sharing here sometime soon, but I was miraculously healed, totally fine. But coming out of that, coming home from surgery, I was a little irritated. The peace of God had left me (laughs) and, um, I was a little moody and short with him. I mean, and you know, in that moment he had done something with the temperature in the bedroom and here I was having really extreme temperature fluctuations, which they told me would happen. 
mean, like there was one point where I felt like my right arm was literally on fire. So I'm going through this, I'm freezing. And then I am like crazy, crazy stuff. And they, we expected it. We knew it was going to happen, but he, poor guy put the temperature on the wrong. He turned it to where I was too hot. And I literally, I think I could have killed them. And I'm sitting here like, are you kidding me? You touched my thermostat. Like it was, you know, this sacred thing. And as I'm like emotionally inside, I mean, I was really hiding a lot of it, but inside I'm like melting down and I know I'm being illogical, but like, I feel what I feel. And so to me, you know, all I have to say is if you're going through a trauma like that, or, you know, you and your spouse are on two different pages. All I would say is some space walk in the other room when, you know, you're not being logical, but you're trying to control it and you can't. And like with your husband, I mean, these physical things, sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. It's happening. And you can, you logically know I'm not being nice right now, or I'm, why am I emotional? I'm normally not an emotional person. Why am I losing it? Um, but it, it's just a part of your health scare and, and what you just went through. And all I would say is what you had already, one your very first tip is just take some space, try to remove yourself from the situation. And then if for some reason something comes out of your mouth <laughs> um, and you're trying not for it to, it's, you know, as quickly as you can come right back to it and just say, I'm sorry. I don't know what, who the heck I am this week. And luckily in our situation, I had kind of a strange few days there where I was feeling sensations in my arms and, um, I was a little more emotional and my temperatures were, were not regulated. Um, and mine, I snapped right out of it within a week. And so he kind of gave me grace during that time frame. Um, but I would just say, you know, as much as you can come back to it, revisit it and apologize if something actually snuck out. And, and I don't even know what to say if, if you're the caretaker, luckily, you know, she just had a couple of little minor, you know, a knee or a shoulder, and it hasn't been that big of a deal that we had to deal with it. And so, you know, just give your partner grace, grace and space. Seriously. And space. I love that. <laughs> yes. But that's, you know, and, and luckily mine wasn't, and I don't know how these families that have ongoing, you know, year, like had I had a deficit to where I was prepared to not be able to brush my teeth, I had cleared out my makeup drawer and lotion, old lotions that were expired and stuff because I was preparing for mm-hmm. I'm going to be laying in a bed and I can't move my arm or tell him, don't put that on my face. So I like cleaned it out. Like here are the five products that you can put on my face. If, you know, I come out of this and I'm a vegetable and can't talk or move. Um, and so these families that that happens, I mean, why we were so blessed and why you're so blessed. I mean, your husband was just amazing this weekend. So it's so beautiful to see what a miracle that was, um, and, and see you two interact and him helping and physically fine. And we're physically fine. So many times that's not the case. And these families get into this for years and how, how they have the strength. And I mean, but of God's grace to stay married and get through that, I have no idea. Um, so, but yeah, I would just say when, when you're in the middle of it, 
and you realize you're being illogical, just try to walk in the other room, give yourself, like I'm saying to myself, Lana, get your crap together. You know, why are you so upset about four degrees temperature on the thermostat? But it's because my arm's burning, you know, type of thing. So just, you know, walk away, do what you can open the refrigerator, stand in front of the refrigerator for a minute, cool off literally and figuratively. Um, and then, you know, go back and apologize if you need to. And I love that. And that's exactly what, I mean, you actually had your brain actually had a mass in it. So it was recovering and nerves were reconnecting and it was trying mm-hmm. to figure out what was going on. Right. Yes, so yeah. Your body was reacting in ways that you didn't understand. So in that moment, like you said, like, this is, this is real. I'm actually feeling this. My mm-hmm. arm's about to blow up with fire. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for you in that moment. Um, to have your brain online, we call it online versus offline in the counseling world and right. think to yourself, well, okay, he messed up. Instead, it just comes literally boiling out of this place of fear. Right. And so understanding and taking a step back, I love what you said about um, grace and space. So yes. the last thing I wanted to um, give you, I'm actually giving four tips today Yay. instead of three, okay. um, but I want to so much. I just, I just want the listener to hear this. Be very aware of your personal bandwidth. So this goes right back to the top. Um, first tip where it says, know yourself, mm-hmm. have an attitude of growth and get to know yourself. And in that discover your own personal bandwidth and learn to communicate it with your spouse. If your spouse doesn't know that you're stressed out or that you're, you're, I'll just give an example from my own life. Yesterday, I um, accepted, I accepted a new job, a new job last week. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, my phone started ringing. It was my father mm-hmm. and I was on my way. I had five minutes to get to a meeting across the church and uh, I had to make a choice. But when he calls me, I, I do, I just have an, an immediate response and I have to decide am I able to answer this phone right now? Because my father will sometimes stress me out, honestly, overwhelm me to this today. So being able to communicate that when I got home last night, Hey, dad called. Um, and I was on my way. I I had five minutes to walk across the church and get to a meeting and sort of change my mindset. That was a difficult piece of my day. And so that he can go, Oh my gosh, your, your father, I mean, we love him, but you know, when's he going to get it together? And and, and so if we aren't, if we don't know our personal bandwidth, we can't then communicate it. Right. So know your bandwidth and same goes for my husband. He is, um, he looks for years has always looked like he has, can handle so much, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I knew at home, you know, he's stuffing it under the rug. He's handling it, handling it, handling it, handling it. And right. then eventually he would blow because he had to learn that he's a stuffer, but he wasn't self-aware about that. So learning his own bandwidth now, he mm-hmm. will say, um, I need a day at the farm mm-hmm. and he'll go sit in a tree at the mm-hmm. farm or just mow for no reason. Mm-hmm. And that will help him then have the, the freshness to come back and be the husband he needs to be for me and allow me to also be the wife that I need to be. Know your bandwidth, learn it and communicate it. Mm, so good. So good. And, 
and try to get to know your spouses because you may go, Hey, why are you going down to the farm? That's hours away. We have things to do, but if you know he needs that, then you're more willing to, you know, say, yes, you need to go, please do. And community, and it allows you to communicate that with your children. For instance, yesterday, my, my oldest son called and, and, um, I, I mentioned something. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to get a phone and call dad about that right now. But I had just got off the phone with my husband. I knew he was wrapping some things up at work. It was like 4.55, you know, at the end of the day. And he had just said, I, I this is really, I have to get this email sent before five o'clock. I, I'm crunch time. So I knew immediately. And I said to my oldest son, I said, call him at, at 5.15. Can you, mm-hmm. can you wait and call him at 5.15? Because he's going to pick up for our son. He's just going to, that's just, the, that's the father he's always been. But in that moment, then he'll pick up the phone and he'll still have the email to send and he'll come home in a bad mood. So it allows you to communicate with your children, with your husband, with your spouse. It just, it just allows, if you know yourself, it allows you to grow in a way that you can communicate with others, your needs. It's really so important. Good. Yeah. That's so good. All right. What else do you have for us? I think that's As it. If that's, that's not enough. <laughs> four great you tips it. that you can live out right now in your life. Um, it might take some time for you to discover yourself. If you haven't started the journey of getting to know yourself, start now. Don't wait. If you're 25 and you just got married, start now. If you're 38 and you still haven't, start now. If you're 55 and you've been struggling for years through your marriage, start now. So good. So good. Thank you, Mindy. These were just wonderful tips and um, I'm going to, I'm going to take a few and and keep using them. So I appreciate (laughs) you coming on. So next episode we have, so this was number two in our intentional living series. So we have one more, so we have three total and the next one's going to be self-care. So, um, we're all in these stressful times and it's really important for us to make sure that we are healthy so that we can pour into not just our kids and our spouse, but our communities and do like you did this weekend and, and pour into the, the organizations and people that, that you really care about that are outside of your family too. I mean, I think if, if we go into what is that Maslow's hierarchy, of course, and I know that it's a whole different thing, but like, you know, our first impact is we want to be with our families and all of that, but boy, if you're healthy and, um, you're, mentally aware and doing good, the difference that us women can make in our communities. And, you know, it's hard when, when you're in those young mother ages that you're just making sure that you have everybody, everybody's alive and fed and you're kind of focused down in, but boy, the impact that we can have on our community, if we are um, healthy and self-aware and doing the right thing spiritually, not just, you know, not just all that other stuff that's out there in the world, but um, the foundation of that spiritually. So I'm very excited to have you back for our next episode. So thank you for coming and um, we will do this again very soon. So you have, I know you have a busy afternoon, so I truly appreciate you taking the time. You are a joy and a blessing to me. So thank you, Mindy. And um, 
If you're not following Mindy on any of the interwebs, uh, she is at Gospel Centered Health. She has a website there. She has that on Facebook and Instagram. Anywhere else that you are, those are kind of the main. I mean, I'm on I'm on Twitter, but it's not. I I I have boundaries with Twitter. (laughs) I deleted my Twitter. Boundaries with Twitter. So I'm on there, but I'm not on there. Yeah. 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 So go check her out there. She's got some wonderful products that she's selling, Bible study journal and all of that. So go check her out and she will be back with us on the next episode. So, all right. Have a great day, Mindy. Thank Thank you. Thank you all for coming. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today in this episode of Grace Filled Grit. I know that your time is valuable and I truly appreciate you being here. I hope it was helpful and that you'll share it with a friend. In order to schedule amazing guests on our show, we could use some good reviews. So if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be honored if you could head over to the podcast app on your phone, tap the album art for this show, scroll down to the bottom and write a review. Blessings to you, friend. I am looking forward to our next episode and I hope you will join us again. Have a grace-filled day.